It's Groundhog Day. Again, from Fox News Podcast, I'm Dana Perino. And I'm Chris Sirewalt. And this is Perino and Sirewalt. I'll tell you what. It's not Groundhog Day. It's April Fool's Day. I know. Get it? Uh... I mean, that's pretty funny. Um, okay. But it's kind of like Groundhog Day because here we are again. Here we are again. Um, yeah, so let's see. It is April Fool's Day. Um, not No one's feeling really jokey. Uh, people are feeling quite, I think, patriotic and yeah. a little worried. Um, well, and, you know. Go ahead. You know why we have April Fool's Day? No. Uh, of course you I would know this. I believe it's actually French in origin, and they do a thing that involves fish, uh, and they uh, cut out a paper fish. A, a joke might be cut out a paper fish uh, and uh, stick it on your back like a kidney sign. Um, but we have things like April Fool's Day because life is so challenging, right? Uh, life is so hard. You have to be goofy, and you have to be silly, and you have to laugh. And you have to do that stuff because otherwise, if you just uh, sat down uh, and marinated in the uh, sort of inexorable uh, challenge of being alive, you just you you sit down. You'd have to sit down and cry every day. Yeah, you know, last week it was um, with everybody with everybody really being home for a week. Last week, I, I had mentioned you know, it sort of felt like a novelty, like, okay, this is different. This is new yeah. and we'll get through it. Everything will be great. And then this week feels a little, little more like, wow, we are settling in for the long haul here. Um, before we talk yeah, about, you-, um, you know, other, other things, I did want to ask you as the politics editor, <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, it's a good question. Um, there is a lot of stuff politically that's going on that we don't get much of a chance to talk about because right. obviously there's this that's going on. Um, there, like, take, for example, um, Wisconsin's supposed to have its primary on Tuesday, and uh, their governor is determined to, to forge ahead. They have some stuff uh, beyond the presidential level that's important on the state level. They've got some referenda. They've got, because Wisconsin has so much direct democracy uh and they elect judges and all kind of stuff so the the governor is uh, very determined to plow forward mm-hmm. um but, but elections officials and others say that the state's not ready and there are not enough ballots out and people are not going to be able to vote because there are not enough poll workers so there are lots of things going on politically or for, for example uh the never-ending conundrum of Joe Biden. How does he raise what he needs more? And we talked about this last week um, and others have sort of caught up on it since then. But, you know, how do you raise money? Because that's really what he needs. He doesn't need visibility. He needs cash. Um, But the only way to get cash in these circumstances is to be in the news and get some attention. And it's, it's, it's a pickle. Uh, Yeah. I had one campaign reach out yesterday, um, a Senate campaign asking if, I would want that senator who's up for re-election on the daily briefing because um, this candidate's campaign team uh, was going to be uh, work- volunteering for the next 15 days. And, I mean, that's a great story. The thing is, like, a lot of the campaigns are doing that. 
And yeah. <laughs> also, there's just so much other news right now. Um, I did see a fundraising appeal from Lindsey Graham's campaign that was trying to be responsible and gentle about asking for money in this time. But yeah, I think it would be really hard to be asking that. In fact, I was reading an article about um, the Biden campaign and what, and how things were going. Gosh, where did I see this? It was really helpful. Was it the Times today? I think it was. Uh, did it post yesterday? I don't know. I've, yeah, I've lost track of days. I have, but, it, but for today's Times, yeah. But it was one of the things where they said that for some big donors, um, they basically said, look, I've got to focus on my business yeah. or my philanthropy right now and you know, talk to me later. Um, right. And I think that that is right. It is, it is right. And it's also true that for big donors, they've watched their portfolios get shelled uh, in markets. Uh, so they're feeling less generous. Uh, and also middle-class people who were making the $50 contributions that have sort of become the lifeblood of American politics, uh, they're not feeling like uh, putting $50 out there either. Mm-hmm. So Biden is stuck. Uh, Trump racked up a lot of dough. He doesn't have all that he needs, but he racked up a lot of dough because they basically shut down the RNC and all of the money goes to Trump because they rigged the primary. So there was no contest. So they just went ahead and boom. So that gave Trump a substantial advantage. He's got you know, 200 million bucks or whatever. That's not enough. But when Joe Biden's got 20 million bucks or whatever it is, yeah. substantially less, that gives, that gives Trump uh, a, a serious advantage. And also Biden can't do anything until June 2nd, right? He is in political purgatory until he can clinch. Uh, and Bernie Sanders is just still out there harassing him, uh, even though he can't win uh, and he's, he's out. Uh, he's almost mathematically eliminated. He's holding on to that shred uh, for the purposes of raising his own money and harassing Biden. So it's, he, Biden's, Biden is really, in, in the long run, these events may make Joe Biden president, right? Uh, if uh, the country comes to a determination that President Trump did not handle the situation well, if voters decide that, uh, he, that he bungled this, then uh, Joe Biden will be the president uh, in that scenario. Um, but until he gets to that point uh, where you can start talking about that stuff right now, he's got nothing to do. Yeah. Although, have you seen any of the Biden appearances? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. I mean, that's really bad. It's really, really bad. It, he's it, a, and I what, know that he's like a people guy. And so he feeds off of a crowd and he loves to be there with people. And look, I, I couldn't do it either. I couldn't sit in a room by myself talking to a camera, although I guess I do that twice a day. But I was um, gonna say you do that you do that for two hours a day. Yeah, but everything's scripted and then like <laughs> I'm not trying to run for president. Um but he You would do you would do a lot better that. than Joe Biden, lady. You would do a lot better. Yeah, it's just he's not built for this moment. And um you know, I guess I, I, I think even as late as last week, I was thinking you know, the conventions will probably be okay. And now I'm thinking maybe not. Well, I'm, I'm thinking you can probably kiss Milwaukee goodbye because by the time you get to here, – here's the thing. I suspect that by July, 
much of the country will be operating fine, right? Mm-hmm. But not all of the country will be operating fine. And it's sort of like when you think, let's take the analogy, or not the analogy, let's take the, the circumstantial, Major League Baseball. Um, will there be a baseball season or will there not be a baseball season? Um, you can't have the baseball season unless you've got uh, all, of, all of the teams, right? You can't say, well, we're restarting the baseball season, but not for the Seattle Mariners, the New York Yankees, the Miami Dolphins, or the, <laughs> the Miami Marlins, uh, the Detroit Tigers, and whatever, right? You have to have all of the teams, all the divisions, both leagues, and, and politics is like that too. Okay, we're going to have the convention, but not for you guys. You can't come. The rest of us are going to come here. So I, I think given the hangover that's going to be in whichever cities and whichever regions, it's just not going to be practical for them. To yeah. The Republicans what? say they're doing, they're doing Charlotte no matter what. Uh, they do have the advantage that that's in August. Um, we'll Late see. August. Yeah, we'll see. Um, what about the uh, fig- figuring out um, voting and mail-in voting? Or I mean, not, I'm not talking about the general, really, I guess, Are although that's on my mind. But right. for some of these other primaries and stuff, I guess that's got to be. I, I, I would love to talk to Bradley Tusk. I think I have that name right. He's the one that um, is a um, advocate for mobile voting. Oh Lord! Like this is your moment, but then again, Ugh. is it secure? Well, just give me a break. Like mobile voting, <laughs> um, we got it. We got. I don't know. Fun. I'm intrigued. I mean, I'm. <laughs> I mean, I'd be, I'd be intrigued by hot sauce and meringue pie, but I don't know that I'd want to eat it. Uh, the, the truth is we have enough problems with our existing election infrastructure, serious problems that need to be addressed. The idea that we're going to layer this with people voting from their cell phones is absurd. Number one, but number two, the cheapening of the franchise, that's a different conversation. The cheapening of the franchise is a little, uh, is a little worrisome for me too. We have now a lot of secretaries of state or a growing number of secretaries of state who say, you know what we're going to do? We're just sending everybody a ballot. Whether yeah. you ask for it or not, we're just sending them. We're sending and that's them a good idea. Ballot. That's a good idea. Well, it, 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 and it's expensive. Um, and then there's a question of handling it on the other side. I don't know if anybody's – we're just – it's so interesting to me that we can just spend all this money like it doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, the president, I I love the president yesterday. like, you know what? How about two more trillions? We're talking trillions. And Nancy Pelosi's like, yeah. And somebody said, well, that's uh, that's the fourth uh, bailout. I said, well, what about the third bailout? Well, the third bailout, we're, we're building that in. That that'll be the Democratic response to the second bailout of two trillion. And then the president's bailout will be the fourth bailout for another two trillion. And that will be on infrastructure. And... You think, you know, David Marion, um, who is was a, is a professor emeritus at Hamden Sydney College, my alma mater, uh, wrote a wonderful piece I included in the halftime report uh, on Tuesday, which was about how a, a federal republic responds to these things differently than other regimes. Um, our leaders 
are often envious of the powers that people in places like uh, China and Malaysia and uh, the the new uh, the new um, uh, autocrat of uh, Hungary, Viktor Orban, and other authoritarian regimes around the world have to deal with these questions, right? You can clap people in their houses and you can make them stay there and it gives them more ability. But what the United States has is flexibility um, because we devolve power in Mr. Madison's Republic to city, county, state, other local authorities to do these things. And that we don't have a central uh, one-size-fits-all national response, but in fact, we have a devolved power. And that is really important here uh, as we think about how we respond to this, because some people will do better at this than others. Yeah. It's also really interesting, this whole thing of um, the whole federalism, states' rights issues um, that get played out in something like this that we don't really, that we really only talk about in theory and we don't get to see in practice. But last week when the Rhode Island governor decided to go house to house looking for anyone with a New York license plate that might have a um, vacation home in Rhode Island um, and sending the national guard to their homes. And then I love Andrew Cuomo. Governor Cuomo's like, yeah, I'll sue you. And they're like, okay, yeah, sorry. never mind. (laughs) That's right. And the, uh, What's her name? Uh, Gina Raimondo, the uh, governor of Rhode Island, got a little, uh, as President Obama would have said, uh, we weed up. Uh, she got a little wound up about things. And then our system kick, kicked in and said, no, you can't do that. You can't, uh, the state, the, these people have rights and you can't harass them as they go about their business. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, Peter was supposed to, um, head down to South Carolina this weekend um, because we had to attend to some business down there, but he's not going, um, no. which is fine. I, I kind of kind of was glad because I thought, I mean, of course I'll be fine, whatever, but I kind of don't want to be on my own here in this circumstance. Although I think some of that scary stuff got shaken out of the system. Um, and now with the president presenting um, the data that yeah. Burks and Fauci had provided to him, uh, it was pretty clear that it's sobering for everybody. I'm really, oh gosh, these um, healthcare workers and what they're going through. I told Peter, I'm so, we've basically been in the house for two weeks straight. And um, although the weather's getting a little better, so I might go down out on the porch and try to walk up and down the steps so that I can get some steps in. The other day, I walked 429 steps. I usually walk about 10,000 steps a day. Oh, boy. I mean, that's a lot. But so I have been on the Peloton. Don't worry, everybody. I'm not like not doing anything. I ride the Peloton like a demon. But the walking, I just, it's hard. Where? Speaking of your porch, uh, where is the dove? Oh, uh, (laughs) the fans are still on um, from when I turned them on (laughs) last week. The dove. There's a little. There's a. There's a pretty big tree not far from where the dove got thrown off the ceiling fan, and I think that they've made their nest over there, which is a much better place. Hey, by the way, thank you, um, podcast. Uh, the Pilates poster was put up, and we have this podcast to thank for that. That's right. The the when when confined with loved ones. Uh, but one pro tip: communicate through your podcast. 
Oh, also, you should really download the Peloton app. It's free for 90 days. They have a new dance cardio section, and it's pretty hilarious. The other day when I finished the five, and because I hadn't gotten my steps in, and it was too cold, really, for me to go for a walk, I went upstairs and I did a dance cardio in the privacy of my own home. Yeah, No one could know, see me. I hear you. I think I'm probably going to stick with walking. I think walking is the better <laughs> I think for me, I think I think it's better. Um, you know, you talked you talked about the president and and him coming to terms with and confronting the you know the really grim numbers. And I'm I'm writing about this today. I'm writing about the. You know, we. You remember Kenneth Feinberg? Uh, oh yeah! In fact, I want to get minutes. in touch with him. Why wow, you got some money to give out? I want some. What do you got? No, but it, look, Ken Ken Feinberg, um, for let's not star Walt it. Ken Feinberg has been called upon many times by the government um, to help disperse funds uh, to Orange, individuals. Nine eleven, Katrina, BP, Katrina, BP Deepwater Horizon. I don't know that he did Katrina, but he definitely did the BP Deepwater. He did Virginia Tech, Sandy Hook. Uh, yeah. These. You're right. Maybe not Katrina. Um, And I've been in touch with him in the past because he's an incredible person. Um, And he did an interview with uh, Preet Bharara on his podcast. Oh, this is three or four years ago, I guess. (laughs) And he, well, maybe just two years ago, he helped explain how he would help uh, figure out who should get what funds. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really hard. Um, it's really, anybody, it's really hard. Yeah. And, I, you know, the, the president um, and many presidents are presented with, you know, here's, here's your options. None of them are great. Right. They're all bad options. They're all bad choices. Some are worse than others. Here's, and, you know, they run through the scenarios with him. And I was thinking last night of um, how during the financial crisis, Ben Bernanke and Hank Paulson uh, were there and, uh, when they were told the president that they really felt it was imperative that the government um, do this troubled asset relief program, which shorthand people just call that bailout for the banks. Um, I could argue it, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and I remember President Bush asking the two of them, he said, let me ask you in your experience and with your expertise, if we don't do this, what happens? And both of them said, it is our estimation that we would be facing something worse than the Great Depression. And that was really all the president needed to hear. He's like, all right, let's do it. And in that scenario, oh, people were so mad about bailing out the banks. Um, But people kind of forget is that the bank's paid Americans back within two years and with interest. Like we made money on the, on that deal. There were other parts of it that people didn't like the, I think the um, cash for clunkers, the Obama stimulus, like um, shovel ready jobs, like that stuff. I understand that didn't work, but what our government is doing now is vastly different. Just vastly. There's, I, we've never experienced anything like it, but a government mandated stay at home order. Nobody gets to go to work. And yet your bills are still due. So we're going to try to get you this money. And I, I think 
it sounds like forever waiting three weeks for a check, but for the government, that's actually moving pretty fast. But I'm starting to pick up that one, the banks feel like they're being set up for failure because the administration keeps saying that if you ask the, your bank for a loan for your business to keep your payroll going, that you'll get same day service. And the banks are saying like, we're going to do our best, but we can't guarantee that. So that's going to be a real source of frustration for people. Then you have renters, lots of renters in the country. Today's April 1st is the first day that, you know, those bills are really due. The first since the crisis. And people might have enough to pay one month's rent extra, but if they don't have any other money coming in, they might not have two months. I talked to a woman today who runs the um, food bank here in this, in this county. They've had a 33% increase in uh, need. And what really gets to me, and I've been trying to push this on all the shows that I'm on, is we're going to have so many people that have never asked the government for help, ever. And they are hardworking people and they are prideful and they would think of asking the government for help or accepting government help as a failure on their, on their part somehow. And some, in some way we have to help people understand that this is not your fault. And if you need, especially food help, if you need, if you are hungry and you're figuring out how to feed your family, we will help you. And you have to let us help you. Yeah, and you don't have to go if you're if you're if you're hungry. The government, you don't even need to go to the government, right? Because no, no, no. You, you go to these local food banks, and, right? And they're going to be community. stocked. That's your neighbor, right? Yep. And those of us that can help, we just absolutely must. I mean, hunger, uh, hunger. Unbelievable. The, uh, I I say all of the time that the most patriotic thing, if you love your country, the most patriotic thing that you can do is love your neighbor, um, because. The truth is we have limited government as a result of the virtue of the American people. Without a virtuous people, you cannot have limited government. Um, And that requires us reaching out and caring for each other, especially in times like this, virtually reaching out. Uh, We have to take care of each other because if we don't, there's no government in the world that can fill in all those cracks, right? Uh, it doesn't matter whether it's two trillion or six trillion or twenty trillion. Dumping money on things doesn't fix things. Expanding government power doesn't fix everything. And in fact, you pay a, a terrible price for it in the long run. What we have to do is step up as citizens and step up as individuals to fill in those cracks and love each other. So, if you want a free nation, if you want a strong America. The most patriotic thing that you can do is love your neighbor as yourself. It's a radical, it's a radical concept, but it, it, it's what we always have to do. Oh, I, I mentioned Ken Feinberg because. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mentioned Ken Feinberg because he is a person who made a career out of placing values on human lives, right? Yeah. That, yeah. that was his, that was his, and still isn't his stock and trade. He, um, I've always been fascinated by his gifts, his, the skill set that he has. Uh, Michael Lewis interviewed him for his podcast one time. It was just amazing. Um, but he, at the Aspen Ideas Festival, I found this quote. He said, um, he was describing what it was like to talk to September 11th family. And he, said, he would say to them, I can't bring your daughter back, 
you say you'd rather replace. You'd say you'd rather take your daughter's place at the World Trade Center. I haven't got that power. All I can do, and it's not much, is try to demonstrate your country's desire to help you through compensation, fiscal certainty. Other than that, life is unfair, and I wish I could do more. And as we head into the, um, I, I think about that a lot because as we head into these two weeks, two or three weeks, where, you know, we're going to probably see more than 100,000 Americans die uh, this month, this is really heavy duty stuff, right? This is, we, we occupy ourselves with the minute by minute, this is coming out, so-and-so's having a briefing, so-and-so's this, and you can sort of, numb your mind by looking at incremental things. But when you take a step back and you look at the loss here, um, the scope of the loss, uh, it's unlike anything that we've seen. And for all of the people who said, well, you know, the flu kills this many people, or uh, 40,000 people die in car accidents, sure, but it's not in one month and it's not in concentrated areas and it's not like this. And I, I would just, urge people, talk to your kids, talk to your loved ones. This is, you know, the feelings are going to be big and strong here. The seas are going to get very tall uh, over the next couple of weeks. And your mental health and your kids' mental health and their outlook on life and taking care of each other means talking about this stuff. It means processing this stuff. It means feeling your feelings. Uh, and I would just encourage people to to make this part of their thinking, uh, because April is going to be a pretty a pretty tough time for this country. Yeah. Have you? Um, oh gosh, we had to talk about Joe Diffie passing away. Oh, I know. Of Corona di- virus. Did you know Super Mexican had never heard of Joe Diffie? Oh my gosh. Sad. I mean, sad. Sad. One of the best one of the best things my mother ever did uh, to me was she had a after we were all basically grown. I was in high school and my father, she asked my dad, she wanted to buy this kitchen and bath shop uh, in my hometown. And it sounded crazy. She had been a, a housewife, a corporate wife. She had, they had my, my family moved. I, I think their last home um, was their, something like their 11th, home or something like that. Uh, they had moved all across the industrial Midwest throughout their lives. And she had raised five kids. She had done all those things. And she said she wanted to buy this business. And I think my dad was very skeptical. Um, but uh, she bought it. Uh, he came up with the name of her company, Herco, and she ran it very successfully. Uh, to uh, everyone's surprise, I think her, including her own, she was really good at it. And it was a wonderful thing, but I was forced to work <laughs> to work in her shop, right? Mm-hmm. Sweep, sweeping, doing all the stuff. And part of the sentence for me was that I had to uh, listen to pop country of the 1990s. Oh, and that's I gotta great! Say, I gotta say, I gotta say it. When I heard that Joe Diffie had died. I immediately realized he had eight or 10 songs. I hated it at the time because I was, because, you know, when you're, you were a DJ at a country music station, so you know, they played those songs out repeat, right? You were going to, you were going to hear prop me up beside the jukebox when I die, not two times an hour, but maybe three times an hour. Uh, and all of those songs. 
he was a mainstay. That guy had an astonishing career. He really did. What a writer. What yeah. a writer. What a, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, what is the, I'm a pickup man. Uh, I, I met all, I, I met, met all, all my, my wives <laughs> at, in traffic jams. In traffic jams. <laughs> There's just something about a pickup man. Uh, rest in peace, Joe Dippy. Indeed. Well, what else you got? <laughs> well, uh, I got, <laughs> I got um, the uh, real gratitude that I have for Good weather for a pleasant, cool spring. Um, I think in Washington, that's added a lot to people's sanity levels um, as we go as we go into this long April. Um, I think that that helps a great deal that when you go outside, it's not too hot. There's a nice breeze. It's very pleasant. It's so, been really cold up here in New Jersey. Well, you and I may have different, like, it's, 55 here and I feel very good about that would you consider that too cold depends like it's been quite rainy here as well and windy and it's kind of fit the mood right I mean if it was really nice outside and you're inside that 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 would be hard well so Peter must be happy it's very it's been very British oh he does but he hates British weather oh yeah he um he he likes hot humid he's the opposite of you he likes it sweaty. Yeah. He, when he was a kid and lived in Singapore, that was like the best. And they didn't even have air conditioning. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm checking out Iceland just as summer approaches. So I can, uh, I, I, I can dig that. Um, I also, by the way, speaking of April Fool's Day, I wanted to mention, um, I was, do you know about the story? It's one of my favorites. Um, about uh, Sid Finch. I'm sorry, you know the what? Story? About Sid Finch. Oh, no, uh-uh. So in 1985, this is about, the, uh, young people will, will not understand this. Uh, in 1985, Sports Illustrated was uh, a powerhouse, right? A titan in publishing, like on uh, like Time Magazine or Peep, like, people can't understand how powerful these magazines were and how big and how important. And in 1985, probably at the, at the height of its powers, um, Sports Illustrated Commission, George Plimpton, uh, the great writer and George Plimpton, who has that sort of North Atlantic accent that just runs uh-huh. it for you. Uh, they commissioned George Plimpton to write an April Fool's piece about a non-existent Mets prospect named Sid Finch, uh, who was part pitcher, part yogi, uh, practiced transcendental meditation, had come from a uh, an ashram uh, in Nepal or something, uh, and played the French horn. And they got a guy to to be in the pictures, and they did this whole spread in Sports Illustrated in 1985. And it was... A sensation, right? Clinton wrote it so beautifully, and it was so good that it, that you might have gotten the tongue in the cheek if you had if you had been looking. Uh, I believe he spelled out April Fools with the first letters of the first paragraphs, but 
Uh, but if you didn't, you could have read it and believed it, and it created this sensation. And you definitely do not see anything like that. Wow. Yeah, I know, I know. Hey, hey but switching topics just a little bit. Have you watched this Tiger King thing? I have. Oh, I haven't. Should I? Yeah, I love it. Really? Yeah. I think, I mean, I love, as a newspaper reporter and a West Virginian, it's got it all, man. It's got uh, the... Oh, it takes place country. in West Virginia? No, 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 but it's got weird country people in it. Uh, it's got uh, murder, intrigue. It's got it all. It's just... Oh. It, it is... You know, you talked about Wild Wild Country, and as I told you, this is right up there right this is this is this is right up there with that you would okay if you like if you like wild wild country how many episodes are there i don't know i i check i'll probably check back in oh by the way i want to say uh, in regards to that so i really enjoyed uh better call saul which was the prequel they made yeah peter liked that too breaking bad i really enjoyed it um bob odenkirk is a gifted actor and really wonderful in it. Uh, and so is uh, Michael McKeon from, uh, uh, also known as, uh, was he Lenny or Squiggy? Whichever. Uh, but but uh, also from A Mighty Wind, they had all of those great Christopher Guest movies. But the, <laughs> I so I said, you know what? I like that so much. I'm going to go back to Breaking Bad. And I, I slogged, like the first season of Breaking Bad was really good. And then you've used the premise. What would happen if a chemistry teacher was pushed to the limits by personal illness and crisis and decided to do a bad thing and be a drug maker uh, uh, for the sake of his family? And it's interesting. And then I got to tell you, Dana, I got to the same point I did last time and I got so, so sick of these characters and I got so sick of the show, I, I had to stop again. I feel, uh, it's, I, I feel defeated. I went, I made it back to the, to the same point again. And at the same point, I said, I cannot with these people anymore. And I just want, <laughs> we I want just started the much. third series I of think. Ozarks. Oh, what do you think? I'm, I'm, I really like Jason Bateman and it's Laura Linney too, right? Yeah. I think it's Those a great are, show. Although oh, cool. with the, when it's violent or something, I have to, you know, avert my eyes for a little while. But, um, but yeah, I no, pretty good. Oh, um, I, I finally uh, repaid Angie. I told you she had sent me songs and made a playlist. Uh-huh. And I made, I made one in return for her. So I'll have to post that. Uh, I'll have to figure out how to post the Spotify playlist on uh, Instagram so people can see that. Oh, I want to see yours too. Yeah. And hers was great. Hers was great. Wow. She'll be so happy. Yeah. Angie called, texted me last night. She's like, okay, it's 15 days. I'm anxious. And, and I said, well, you're going to have to, you know, exercise is really important. Um, yeah. She likes yoga. You know, you can go for a walk and in Colorado, it depends on the day or the hour, what the weather is. And like, you just got to get out there and move so that you can feel some sort of semblance of normalcy, you know? Well, that's right. And, you know, one of the, one of the things that I had to, I had to learn that we are not meat jars with souls inside of them, right? Uh, you know, you think about the Walt Disney uh, version, uh, the cartoons where, you know, you, you, somebody dies and then the spirit rises up out of them and goes up to heaven. Um, we are integral beings. 
right? We are, our bodies, our minds, our spirits are all interconnected, right? We're one thing. And if you want one part of it to feel better, you, you need to address the other parts too. And you are so, so right that if you feel soul sick or you feel scared or you feel heartbroken or you feel worried, uh, going out and shaking your booty is a real good, <laughs> a real good yeah. thing to do. Right. Dance get, cardio get those, on Peloton free for 90 days. Get those endorphins out a little bit, get your yayas out. Uh, it's really good. And yeah. it's, it's way better than, uh, sitting and watching Breaking Bad. I can promise you that. Hey, did you see um, what I posted on Instagram this morning? What did you post? I'm going to text. Do you have your phone with you? I can look. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to send it to you right now. Um, it's an amazing thing that happened this morning. Did you kill mm-hmm. a, another another small animal? No, 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 no. Here you go. I just sent it. It's just amazing thing for Jasper this morning. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. That people should look. It was a big deal. Yeah, it was, a, it was an amazing thing um, out in the ocean today uh, as Jasper was getting his exercise and swimming around and uh, a dolphin amazing. came and they got to swim together and it was amazing. Amazing. Like, amazing. You know how he loves fish and gosh, it was just incredible. He'll it, never forget it. There's a reason he's sure. America's dog. There's a reason he's America's dog. So good. So good. Are you ready for your trivia? <laughs> I am. We'll have some trivia for you right after this. A trivia. Okay. I have three questions. Okay. Number one, the 1920 presidential election was a battle of Ohioans. Warren G. Harding, the sitting senator, defeated the sitting governor. Who was the sitting governor? Oh, my gosh. I know this. (sighs) But I can't summon it and I'm not going to sit here and make people listen to me say uh 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 <laughs> I like that when you do that it's uh who is it James M. Cox yeah it was and uh Cox's running mate was Brian right mm, uh, that I don't have but well done extra points for you <laughs> I get I don't get any points on the test but I do get the extra credit yeah exactly <laughs> all right in number uh number two the 1944 presidential election was a battle of New Yorkers. Franklin D. Roosevelt defeated Thomas E. Dewey. How many counties did FDR win in New York State? Is this multiple choice? Do I need to know how many counties there oh, are? Oh, I'm in sorry. New York it is State? multiple choice. Okay. So the question is how many counties did FDR win in New York State? A, 7, B, 27, or C, 37? Well, I can't remember how many counties are in New York, so I'm going to say B. It was A. He only won seven. Really? Well, in those days. Amazing. I mean, pe- people forget uh, the uh, during the Depression, the mayor of New York was a Republican. Mm-hmm. All right. And Roosevelt was also Cox's running mate, by the way. Right, the Secretary of the Navy, Jason Bonewald. Mm-hmm. All right, number three. In the last 60 years, only four presidential candidates have lost their home states in a bid for the White House. Can you name them? Four presidential I, candidates in the last 60 years. They okay. lost their home states in a bid for the White House. Donald Trump. Yep. Uh, Mitt Romney. Yep. 
Uh, all right. Donald Trump, Mitt Romney. What's their home state in 60 years? Who else? Um, that's inter- That's an interesting and very tough. Uh, Goldwater? Nope. I know one of them. Because I used to uh, say it all the time. Um, who else? Who invented the internet? Oh, Albert uh, Albert R. Gore Jr. did lose Tennessee. They yeah. got caught napping, napping on that. That was Tennessee and West Virginia were their big stunners there. That's right. And the other one is in a state that has one of the best national monuments, Mount Rushmore. Oh, uh, McGovern. Yeah, in 1972. Is he North Dakota or South Dakota? South. South. Do you know the only state I haven't been to is North Dakota? Uh, It is beautiful in the summer. I got to figure that out. I got to go. Why would you like it there in the summer? You should like it there in the winter. Oh, I don't want to go to North Dakota in the winter. No, no, no. North Dakota in the winter is like being in like uh, Siberia. (laughs) I'm I'm not into that. Um, One of the best but, novels that I've ever read um, in the modern era is called Peace Like a River. Oh, yeah. Did I send that to you by Leif no. Anger? Um, and it takes part of it takes place in the Badlands of North Dakota. So, you know, in so wheat is enormously sapping to soils nutrients. And in uh, North Dakota, they grow the red wheat, that hard winter wheat that really yeah. defeats the soil. So to, to rejuvenate the soil, they grow sunflowers, which really help nourish the soil, and they rotate out the crops and plant these sunflowers. And if you're in North Dakota in the summertime, an amazing thing can happen, which is that you will be driving along, and you will see that there are thousands of acres of sunflowers surrounding you as you're driving, it's beautiful. Uh, and on a, a blue sky day, that is something to see. That is, I love that. It's well, I'm going to see it in person one of these days. Don't forget to plug the mini podcast that Bonewald has done. Yeah, it's, I'll tell you what else. Plus? Extra? More? I'll tell you what else. Oh, I'll tell you what else. <laughs> That's actually very clever. So it's like, a, <laughs> it's like a, the best of. Yeah, and a little 20-minute snippet, uh, just long enough to do your laundry or whatever it is you're Wet doing the around whistle. the house. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that... Uh, yeah, that was uh, creative. So- that was very clever. Mm-hmm. Well, we appreciate all of our listeners. We really do. Thank you so much. Sure and do. I know you're not commuting right now, but hopefully um, you can still give us a listen and uh, give us a review. Huh? I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Before this is over, we should do an all-review show. And we should see if we can get some of the reviewers uh, to, to do them by audio so we can play it. Well, I would like, you know, we could even do that next week. Like, we got to mix things up a little bit. That's what I'm saying. We got to get. Okay, little- so Jason, let's do that. Um, we'll next do week. an all review show. We'll get reviews from you. You can include questions in the reviews and we will just try to enjoy people- and laugh. And if we get the people to record them, uh, that would be great to, to call them and record them. That would be wonderful. I'd love to hear the people. Great. I love giving Jason Bonewald extra assignments in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> he's not doing enough right now. <laughs> All right. Here we go. For more podcasts, go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave us a review. 
We'll get to them next week. And actually, we will. That's a promise. And I'm not kidding, even though it's April Fool's. (laughs) April Fool's Day. All right. This has been Perino and Starwalt. I'll tell you what on the Fox News Podcast Network. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.